0: You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. All right, all right, all right. All right, everybody. One more, one more hello. I'd like you to help me say hello to everybody joining us online right now. Come on, everyone. Say hello to our family. There are so many of you joining us. Uh, from all over the place and that's a great thing when you're out on vacation you'll be able to uh, jump on and, and be with us but I want you to know there's nothing like being in the room amen it's just nothing like being there. you gotta get in the room get in the room get in the room well hey before we get into uh, this last in- installment of the legendary series I-, I just wanna again touch on a couple of things that we just talked about in announcements and lay the foundation the groundwork for you as we move into these next couple of weeks and things coming up So first of all, next week, we're starting a brand new series. And and actually, this isn't just a series for our church. It's a, listen, it's a season. Someone say it's a season. It's a season for our church. We're moving into a new season. And so that season, we got about a six-week on-ramp of all sorts of things that we're doing as a church. And that first section of that season, um, we are going to be moving into a 14 days of of prayer together as a church. So we're calling this season that we're moving into is called Beyond. Someone say Beyond. So we sang a song this morning, if you noticed, Beyond. You're gonna hear more of that as we move into the season, Beyond. And so the first part of this season, I'm starting the series next week, but the first part of the season is that we as a church, I'm gonna invite you with me. We're gonna go together. If I get all of you engaged, oh my goodness. We're gonna go, first and foremost, we're gonna go beyond our strength. And so for 14 days, we're gonna be praying together every single day. We're getting together at 6.30 in the 6:30 in the morning. Some of you, I got somebody in the house that's like, that's not early enough. Others in your house like, and here you're like, I've never been up at 6.30, that's crazy. Is God awake at 6.30? He is awake, everybody. 6.30 in the morning, Carly, I'm glad you thought that was funny, that's good to hear from me. Um, 6:30 in the morning. We're gonna be right over here at the Presbyterian Church, literally right across the street. There's that little park outside. We'll be hanging out outside. 6:30 to 7 o'clock, sharp. That way you could head off to if you got work and all that going on. You could count on it. And then on the Saturdays, um, we are going to be letting you sleep in a little bit, and we'll be getting together at 8 a.m. Okay, 8 a.m. And we're actually going to be doing some worship uh, on those Saturdays together out there. And come on, church. Join us on this journey of prayer together. I want to invite you to it. You're going to watch God do some stuff in your life. You're going to watch God move through our church. We are a church that believes in the power of prayer. We don't only take bold steps, we pray bold prayers. We don't only take bold pray bold prayers, we also take bold steps. So the one two punch. So, anytime we're praying bold prayers, I want you to know there's some bold steps that God's calling us going to be calling us to take. And I plan to introduce you to some of those bold things that god's calling us to do as a church over this beyond series that we're going to be that we're going to be in together okay so if you could mark it in your calendar uh 14 days of prayer we'll be having uh devotionals for you on online and on on instagram live and you guys will be able to join us there as well then the other day i want you to mark down in your calendar and i think i have these for the screens uh somewhere. I had them for the screens earlier. Anybody back there can help me out. There we go. The next one down, we actually have, there we go. On the 18th, does that say the 18th? Yeah, the 18th. We're having a night of worship, a night of prayer over at what we call our Brookside location. So it's a very special night. We're going to lean in. We're just going to worship all night. We're going to pray together. So make sure you mark that on your calendar. Tell your neighbor what I just told you. Go. Come on. Tell them, 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 tell tell, them. Oh, man, tell him like, you guys are telling him like you're at a golf tournament and you have to whisper because I'm getting ready to, thank you, Pastor. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, coach. So, really excited about this next season. Make sure you lean in. You guys ready to get into God's word together? We close out the legendary series. Let's pray and let's jump in. God, right now, as we open up your word, we wanna pray that he would, first of all, anoint the preacher, help him out. God, We got, we gotta pray for him but Lord, we actually ask that you would anoint our hearing this morning. God, we wanna hear what it is you desire to say to us. We're not sitting in this moment on accident. We're not listening online on accident. God, you brought us this moment because there's something that you wanna speak to us. And so God, would you do that today? Speak to us. We thank you that you send out your word and it does not return void. God, it accomplishes what you sent it out to do. And so God, would your word do your thing in our heart, in our lives? We lean in right now. Speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone agreed together and said a good hearty. Come on, church. Amen and amen. Well, we've been in this series, Legendary Faith, and, and kind of the, the foundation of this series has been over in Hebrews chapter 11. It's known as the Hall of Faith. And you have all of these incredible things that God has done through men and women of faith. By the way, anytime time that God is going to do something in a nation or God is gonna do something in a city, God's gonna do something in a family. The way that God does the something he wants to do is always, always through men and women of faith, amen? Like when God works in a nation, he's gonna work through men and women of faith stepping out in faith. And so we've been looking at this Hebrews chapter 11, all these things that God has done Through men and women of faith, we then get to Hebrews chapter twelve, and he tells us that we've been. It tells us in Hebrews twelve that we've been surrounded by all of this witness of watching them do that because, because friends, we're supposed to live out our story. That we would lay aside every weight and sin that so easily entangles us, so that we could run our own race. In other words, those things were done not just so we could talk about them and be inspired by them, or or they were done so that we could then go and live in them. We read about great stories of faith so we can live our own great stories of faith. We get inspired by great stories that, of what God has done, not so that we can sit around and go, oh, look what, what God did, 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 a long time ago. No, so that we can watch God do, do, do today. Amen? And that's where we've been together, talking about faith. Well, today I want to introduce you to our last, I know, come on, I know, our last legendary faith hero. His name's Daniel. So if you have your Bible, why don't you turn with me over to the book of Daniel? We're going to be in Daniel chapter six this morning. Um, but before we go to, to the, the, the scripture, I want to ask you a question. When you think of faith, what is it you think of? Okay, you got that in your head. Think of faith, and what is it? What is it you think of when you think of faith? You got that? Talk to me. You got that? Because yes. I will. Say, we service will go long today. You will be here forever today. You got it? Okay. I want you to show you Daniel chapter six, verses one through four. It says this, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, to be throughout the whole kingdom and over them three high officials or three governors, your Bible might say, of whom Daniel was one, to whom the satraps should give an account so that the king might suffer no loss. Here's what's going on, is that the king is trying to organize his kingdom. In order to organize his kingdom, he sets like about 120 column, you know, mayors, so to speak, of different regions. And those mayors are reporting to these governors and Daniel is one of these governors. Make sense? Watch what it tells us. It says, then this Daniel became distinguished. There was something different about Daniel, everybody. This Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because, I want you to say this, a excellent spirit. Someone say, a excellent spirit. Say it like you're in church with me. A excellent spirit was in him. Tell your neighbor what Daniel had in him. An, an excellent spirit that was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Why? Because he had an excellent spirit in him. When you and I think of faith, I, I, and I ask you to think of faith, I, I, usually what you come up with is faith to do something. I need faith to do the thing God's calling me to do. I need faith to march around the walls of Jericho. I need faith to, you know, fill in the blank. We we think of faith as doing a thing that God is calling us to do. But here's what I need you to understand and where I want to take you today. Is that all the things that are done in faith were built on the foundation of who they were in faith. So, We haven't just been reading stories about all these great things that were done in faith. What we've been reading stories about is great men and women who were people of faith. Like they were different. And and I wanted to close the series out with this principle because I was so afraid that we would close this legendary faith series out and you would leave here thinking, let's go do a bunch of stuff in faith. But friends, this isn't just about doing a bunch of stuff in faith. It's about being who God has called us to be by faith. Amen? Daniel had, someone say a what? An excellent spirit in him. He was different. He was different. And you need to understand this. If they weren't who they were in faith, they couldn't have done what they did in faith. It's about who they were. So, So we think of Daniel, and we think of Daniel and the lion's den. Some of you grew up in church. You remember the flannel graphs, right? The lions. And what did God do while Daniel was in the lion's den? He shut the mouths of the lions, right? And we love that story. Man, if we could preach that story, we want to live that story. we're going to preach that story today, And we talked about God shutting the mouths of the lions. We'd be like, we got a God who is able to shut the mouths. Come on. Of anyone who comes against you, anything that comes against you. Aren't you glad we got a God? Right? We get all excited about God shutting the mouths of the lions. You leave church going, man, God's going to shut all them people up at work you going to shut up the mouths of all the people talking trash about me on the right and we get all excited about God shutting the mouths of the lions but Daniel and the lions den is not about Daniel and the lions den it's not just about God shutting the mouths of the lion it's why he was in the lion's house you see god was faithful to shut up the lions Daniel saw God shut up the lion's mouth and the lion's house because Daniel was willing to pursue God while he was in his own house. Does that make sense? We have the story of Daniel in the lion's den because Daniel had made decisions about who he was that allowed him to see God do what only God can do. We have a who in Daniel, who he was. He had an excellent spirit. Matter of fact, look, Daniel in the lion's den, how does it start? Why do we have Daniel in the lion's den? Why was Daniel in the lion's den? It's really funny. A lot of people don't even know why Daniel was in the lion's den. Like, I know that God shut the mouths of the lions, but why the heck was he even in the den to begin with? Does anyone know? I mean, don't have to tell me, but come on. Here's what, can I tell you why Daniel was in the lion's den? Daniel was in the lion's den because this excellent spirit was in him, and so the king is thinking, I'm going to give, Daniel's going to be in charge of everything. The other governors, they got jealous. They're like, what? We've been around here. We, we've been around here a lot longer than this guy. He just shows up, and he's, and they're just getting jealous, and they're all angry, and so they come up with a plan. They're like, we're going to find some dirt on Daniel, and we're going to show the king the dirt on Daniel. This is Daniel 6. agreed read all of it. And So they actually launch a smear committee against Daniel. And they're Googling everything they can on Daniel. They're talking to all Daniel's friends. Like they're, they're launching in a smear campaign. They, they stole Daniel's computer. They're like going through his emails and seeing if there's, there's always stuff in emails. You know what I mean? There's always stuff. It always comes up in emails, right? So they're going through all Daniel's stuff, but they had a problem. They went through all Daniel's stuff and they found nothing. Why? Because of who he was. He had an excellent spirit in him. Okay. Well, they tell themselves, well, here's what we're going to do. We'll catch him in this. We'll talk to the king, and we'll tell the king, because they say to themselves, the only way we're going to catch him is if we catch him in things concerning his loyalty to his God. And so they say this, well, here's what we'll do. We'll tell the king, king, live forever, king. Hey, we got a really good idea. We think you're so great. Matter of fact, we think you're so great that no one should be calling out to anyone but you. No one should be turning to anyone but you. And the king's like, that sounds like a great idea. And they go, well, king, if anyone calls out to anyone but you, then maybe we should throw them in the lion's den. Does that sound good? And king's like, that sounds like a great idea. So he writes the decree. He, He signs it, and he seals it with his signet ring. And these jealous governors are like, we got him. Do you know what Daniel did when he heard? that there was a decree out there telling him that he couldn't cry out to anyone other than the king, that he couldn't pray to anyone other than the king? Do you think he stopped praying to his God? Do you think he was scared? Do you think he was like, oh no, I better, you know? Do you think he bent, watch, his character based on the circumstance? Do you think he bent his, his core convictions based on, you know, the, the situation? No, this was not situational ethics Daniel was in. He was like, I have ethics and principles and character and core that you can't shake from me. And I love this. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. It tells us this. When Daniel knew the document had been signed. That's important. Daniel knows that if he prays to God, he's going to get thrown in the lion's den. What does he do? When Daniel knew the document had been signed, he went up into his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. In other words, he did not stop doing what he knew God had called him to do. Why? Because he was a person of character, of principle. He had been doing this, it tells us, for a long time. It's who he was. He was a person who prayed. And you, threatening me, and what, I'm going to keep being who I am. And I am a person who, I I love it. He hears it, and I just picture in my mind, I got like movie scene going on, you know. He's up, I picture him up in like a, kind of like a little attic with a lookout and some windows and, The other governors are down there just waiting. What's he going to do? And Daniel just kicks the doors open, kicks the windows open. And he gets down, and I think Daniel prayed all the louder, God, I turn to you today as I do every day and as I have every day of my life since the day I came to know you. And I'm going to do it another two times today. Because, see, Daniel was a who, right? We love to talk about the what. But you wouldn't have the what unless you had a who. Yeah. Daniel was a person who pursued God, who was, listen, here's a word for you, loyal to God no matter what. I'm going to stay loyal to God. Chris, people ask me all the time, what do you think about current situation in our nation? What do you think about current ethics of our nation? Listen, I, you're not going to hear, I'm going to tell you what the Bible thinks about. Why? Because I'm going to think about whatever the Bible thinks about. I'm going to stand on whatever the Bible stands on. I'm not going to change God's word based on convenience. Why? Because I am a person of conviction. I'm going to stand on God's word. Does that make sense? So Daniel's like, you're not going to change situation change, but the truth doesn't change. Truth with capital T doesn't change. So Daniel's like, I'm going to continue to be who God has called me to be no matter what is changing around me. Daniel Goes to pray and he's loyal because he's loyal to God. Some say loyal. I'm not bending on this. God, God shines upon loyalty of heart, and it's not. Listen to me. It's not that you get it right every time. Anyone perfect in here? Please don't raise your hand. Please don't raise your hand. Please don't raise your hand because it's, it's a trap. Because if you raise your hand, you just lied, and now you're not perfect. You liar. That's what you are. You can't lie in church. Daniel was loyal. Can I tell you what God does with people who are just not perfect, but loyal? Hey, was, was David perfect? No, no, no. I, I, we David, David and Goliath. Thank you, God. Like he, David and Bathsheba. I mean, he kind of messed up, but David had a heart that was after God, a heart that was loyal toward God, a heart that's like God. All I'm going to do is keep pursuing you. I might have messed up, but I'm going to get up and keep going toward you. I'm going to, I'm going to work on my character, God. I'm going to get better. I'm going to keep pressing. And you know what the Bible remembers of David? When, when, when referring back to David in the New Testament, God doesn't say, David, he was a man who messed it all up, killed a guy, and committed adultery. That's not what the Bible says. Once you get to the New Testament, New Testament looking back at David's life says, David, a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he had this, this, this loyalty. Was he perfect? No. But inside him was this, God, I'm going to keep on becoming who you've called me to be. I'm not going to mess up and give up. I'm going to mess up and get up and keep pushing forward. Watch, to become who you've called me to be. All the stories of men and women of faith were just men and women who got up every day and said, God, I'm going to press on to become who you've called me to be. I'm going to keep, Paul said it this way. I want to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. Every day, he got up and said, what are you doing today, Paul? I'm going to, I'm going to go. God tackled me for a reason. I'm going to go tackle the thing he tackled me for. And his to say, I haven't achieved it yet. This is Paul. This is Philippians. I haven't achieved, I'm not there yet, but I'm going to get up every day and go after it. Amen. I'm gonna become who he's calling me to be. I want you to know we if you join one of our teams around here at Citizens Church, at the very right when you're done, you decide the team you want to join, one of the things we have you do is fill out what we call an honor code. Back in the day, I used to have this honor code and it would say, You can't do this, and we don't want to see you doing that. And and it now that you're on the team, and it's it's true, you're you are now representing Citizens Church. You're carrying around like people are gonna to look to you to get a taste of like what we're about. We're all about God. We want to point everything back to God, and I used to have this, like, all these little checkpoint things, and God convicted me, because I'm looking at the checkpoint things, and I'm going, dang it, I mess up on some of those sometimes. Maybe I shouldn't preach this weekend, and I went, no, you know what? Here's what we need to do, and I said, I just want to know that you are pushing on every day, aiming to be loyal to God, that you want to become everything he wants you to be, that even after you messed up, you get up and you go, okay, thank you, God, for your grace. I'm going to talk about that at the end. But because of his grace, I could press on. Yeah. Everyone get it? Loyal. I just want, I want some people to just going, like, I just want God. I want everything he wants for my life. You with me? Yeah. So what does God do with a Daniel who is loyal toward him? <laughs> Watch this. One of my favorite verses in Scripture, 2 Chronicles 16, 9. Can I tell you why? We have the walls of Jericho. Can I tell you why God shut the mouths of the lions? Can I tell you how all that happened? You're gonna memorize this verse. You're gonna write this verse down. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. And what's he looking to do? He's looking to show himself strong. Show himself off. Flex a little on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal or pure toward him. This is what God's doing. His eyes are running through the whole earth. He's going, I just want to flex a little. I want to show off through somebody's life. I want to show up in somebody's life. I want, I want to show off. I want to move in a land. I want to move in California. I want the city of Redlands to be different. Beaumont to be different. I want Mentone to be different. I want, But here's how I'm going to do it. I just got to find some loyal people. Some people every day says, God, I just want to be who you're calling me to be. I want to become who you're calling me to become. Not just do what you're calling me to do, but be who you're calling me to be. Loyal, whose heart is loyal to him. It's interesting, because he didn't say, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro to find somebody who would just do what I tell them to do. No, I want somebody whose heart is after me. Because if they're becoming more of something, I can then do more of something through the person who's becoming more of something. You following me? Here's the question. So, what if, What if we shifted our focus? Come on. What if, and I think we all need to. This is what I want you to leave here doing. I'm going to help you with some questions in a little bit to shift your focus. What if you shifted your focus in faith from everything you're going to do by faith and onto who he's calling you to be by faith? See, this is why I wanted to end with this. I don't want us leaving this series going, let's go do. No, let's be. I want you to not, let's go do this in faith. No, be this in faith, right? So what if instead of focusing on what we're called to do or what we're called to accomplish, we focus on what we're going to become? What if instead of accomplishing more of something, we actually became more of something? What if we shifted our prayers from, from God, do something for me, or God, do something through me, and we started praying, God, would you do something in me? Matter of fact, if you're ever going to see God, and whenever God prepares, come on, church. I hope you're engaging with me in this. But you got to understand, before God ever does something through somebody, he's going to do something in somebody. Because if he doesn't do something in them before he does something through them, the thing he does through them will actually destroy them. So he's going to do something in you. So we go, out, God, do all this. God's going, can not we just talk about you for a second? God, would you move the mountains? Maybe the mountain he wants to move is inside of you. Maybe the spirit of God just wants to get a hold of some character things inside of you that they've been trying to work on a long time. he got some purity inside of you that he wants to work inside. He's got, come on. And God goes, can we talk about that mountain? Have the faith to move that have the faith to see that changed. See, what God is going to do through you, and I believe God has got so much he wants to do through you, it's more than you could imagine. It really is. I, I believe God wants to do so much through our church and through this community of, of, of believers. I, man, I see it. Tate and I got away on Thursday and spent hours and hours and hours Sitting in our favorite spot, dreaming and casting vision for this next season that we're about to step into. We're going to share some of that stuff with you guys in this Beyond series that we're going into. But there are some things God's calling us to do, but we won't see any of it unless we're willing to be who God is calling us to be. we got to shift. Come on. we got to shift our focus. Because here's the deal, everybody. We forget that sometimes. We forget that it's all about who we are and not what we're doing. Think about it. How many of you set, you don't have to raise your hand, but just think how many of you set for yourself some New Year's resolutions, right? And I here, I'm gonna go back through your New Year's resolutions, and I guarantee you, 90% of them were not what you were going to be, but what you were going to do. You were gonna lose some weight, you were gonna save some money, you're gonna get a new job, you're gonna, and you had all this what? And we want to talk about what? Guys, gonna wanna talk about what? Going, I want to talk about who. I mean, don't tell me what you're going to do this year. Tell me who you're going to be this year. A whole year is going to go by, and if you don't focus on who you're going to be, you're going to continue to be everything you've always been. And God's going. I want to actually mature you and develop you and 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 build in you some character. So why don't you set some new goals that are like, here's who I'm going to be by the end of this year. I'm going to I'm going to become something and not just do. And understand this when we. do, get this messed up and we don't focus on the proper things, We, you have a vision for your life that is greater than your current reality, usually. If you go and build the what without becoming the who, watch this, the what you build becomes greater than what your character can sustain. Don't let that go. I just went, it just went like this over somebody's head. I saw it. You guys went, Like, if you build a what without becoming a who, you could build a great what. But if you build a great what without becoming a great who, the weight of what you built is greater than what your who can sustain. Does that make sense? And so God's not going to let you just go do a bunch of what without becoming a, you see it? Matter of fact, anytime something crumbles, think about it. Oh, they had this and they had that and this and that. But who they were boiled to the surface. Come on. You see it all the time. Who they were boiled to the surface. And something in here and something in a relationship. And there was some kind of sideways, you know, they, were, they weren't honest. And there was, come on. And it always, and, it did, and it, what it ends up doing is crumbling everything that they built. Because they built on sand and not on the rock. The rock is Jesus, and the rock, Jesus, wants to help you be more like Jesus so that as you build in your life, you have a foundation of character, who you are. Come on, right? I need you to get this so we can move on to how to, how to do this in our life, right? Pay attention to who you're becoming. So. If I'm going to find the right one, some of you right now, you're in here and you can't wait. This is You're going to find the right one. You found a lot of wrong ones. Come on, right? But you're going to find the right one. So if what we're talking about holds true, before you find the right one, how about you shift your focus from finding the right one to being the right one? If I could be the right one, like if I I could get up in the morning, I'm going to be. So some of you want somebody that is so out of your league, right? For now, come on, like catch up, right? And here's what's gonna—you're gonna go find the right one. But if you haven't been working this whole time to be the right one, when you find the right one, they gonna—they're gonna, they're not gonna give you the time of day. Why? Because they got more momentum in your, their life than you have in your life. You've been using the momentum in your life to hunt them down, and now you hunted them down, and they got more momentum than you've ever built. Go build yourself some momentum, hey young men. If you ever want to have a serious relationship, you got to have yourself a job, right? Like it's called work. I'm going to get married someday. Well, start over here and build some, come on, you see what I'm saying? I'm going to find the right one. I'm going to be the right one. If I'm going to, if I'm going to build, come on, a, a world-class business, well, you better work on some world-class character. Because the bigger that thing gets, the bigger you better become. Is making sense? Um, as a church, if we're, we're going to build a ministry, I mean, we're just getting started, we're eight years old, we're going to build a ministry that has, that has influence and impacts people all over our city. I believe God's going to use what he does here to overflow the banks of our valley, of our valley and touch other cities. And listen, if we're going to do that what, we better really focus on being a who, and we do. And so you know what we do? at Cisco? I mean, we, we're going to build a ministry that impacts people. We take very serious integrity, like very, very serious. We, we put biblical principles in place around everything we do, around our finances, around, I mean, I mean, if you've ever been to a welcome home party, we tell you up front, here's how we spend our money. Here's how, I mean, there's, there's integrity in it. We call our, our, everyone on our team. We train. We talk about leadership principles and how to love on people. And we not that we get it perfect, but we got something we're aiming at. Because we got something we know God wants to do, well, we better focus on who we're going to be. Does that make sense? So it changes the question. I'm just trying to get you to think different. Everybody, come on, think different. Changes the question. Some of you have been trying to tackle this question: What do I do to raise good kids? Like, what do I do? Like, what? What do I do? I've read a bunch of books, and I've been. What do I do? And you're asking the wrong question. It's a good question, but wrong question. Who do you got to be? To raise good kids. Oh, oh, you mean I gotta be patient? God help me. You mean I I gotta be kind, I gotta be loving, I gotta be gracious, I I I gotta be some things. It's not do some things, be some things. And if you could be some things, you'll find yourself doing some things, all right? So the question you need to ask yourself, do this in every endeavor of your life. Don't ask what do I need to do. Say, who do I need to be? What do I need to do to crush it at work? Stop asking the question, who do you have to be to crush it at work? Who has to show up on Monday morning to crush it? Who are you? Who are you, you see? Not what you're doing, but who are you? Because I promise if you show up with a who, it's gonna outshine. You're gonna be doing some good what, right? Because the who showed up. What, what, what do I gotta do? Who do I have to be? Change the question. And it's always a mistake to decide what you're gonna do before you determine who you want to be. Determine who you want to be and then run after what it is God's called you to do. Amen? All right. We can close the message there, but we're not going to. Because I want to give you some very practical things to help you with this, all right? You ready to take some notes? I got four quick questions. Because like Daniel, we are going to pursue some loyalty to God. We are going to allow him to work in our character. So here's a question, right? Write it down ready? Who are you going to be? Who are you going to be? We get to Daniel chapter 6 verse 4 because Daniel had already decided who he was going to be before he got to Daniel 6. Daniel kicked the windows open to prayer to pray because of who he decided to be in Daniel chapter one, in Daniel chapter one, verse eight, it tells us this Daniel one eight when Daniel that Daniel did something in his heart in his life. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portions of the king 's delicacies, nor with the wine that he drank, therefore he requested of the chief eunuch that he might not defile himself Daniel. Purposed in his heart. Daniel did what? Purpose. Come on, say it with me. Daniel purposed in his heart. He had a purpose in his heart. He decided, this is who I am. I am somebody who's gonna be loyal to God and honor God. Therefore, I'm gonna reject the king's plan for my life. The king of Babylon had a plan for Daniel. And I'm telling you, the king of this world has a plan for your life. And they're gonna try to shove it on you and push it on you and leave you in it. But you gotta be like Daniel and walk into, come on, whatever context you're in is saying, you don't get to decide who I'm gonna be. And you don't get to tell me who I'm gonna be. No, I am going to be who God's gonna call I, I'm purposing in my heart right now that I'm gonna be loyal to him and I'm not gonna defile myself with anything you try to throw at me. That's Daniel. He decided who he's gonna be. So to you, who are you going to be? Don't tell me what. You're gonna do, you gotta determine, like Daniel, who you're gonna be. So, let me help you with some questions to help you determine who you're gonna be. How do I want others to describe me? Write that down. How do I want others to describe me? I'll give you a couple of them. How do I want others to describe me? So, like, if I was to talk, if you're married in here and I was to go interview your spouse and I talk to your spouse and I say, Tell me about your husband, tell me about your wife, what do you want them to say? Fill it in. Let me ask you another question What would they say? Right? Is it different than what you would want them to say? Oh well, come on. What? What do you want people to say about? You? Uh your kids. What do you want your kids to say about you? How do you want them to describe you? Your friends, how do you want them to describe you? I Man, I want people to describe me as honest and pure and genuine generous and I want people to describe me as fun. It's okay to be fun, everybody. I want people to describe me as fun. I mean, if that's what you want, come on, decide it beforehand. I hate to be morbid, but we are all gonna die. It's a statistic, one out of every one dies. All of us do, it's like, it's proven, 100%. Like all, and someday there's gonna be a funeral. And I guarantee you this, no one's gonna get up and talk for a whole long time about what you did. Well, they did this, and they did that, and here's all the what's they did. The majority of the conversation is going to be around who you were. And what, are they going to, what do you want them to say about who you are? Pay attention to that. Okay? So what do I, how do I want others to describe me? Great question to get you running down that track. Here's another one. Where, where does God want to grow me? Some of, you got some, some of us got some things in our lives that we haven't been wanting to address. Maybe it's like we're impatient or maybe it's a fill in the blank. And those are places that God actually wants to grow you. And I think we just need to be honest. Do some inventory today. Can we all do it together? Where does God want to grow me? Yeah. So, like, if people keep pointing something out to you, don't, don't defend that by going, well, that's just the way I always was. Look, Spirit of God got a hold of you. He's going to change you from who you was and make you into who he's desiring you to be. God goes to work on your character. You see? Come on, amen. This is how my family's always been. Everyone in my family's mean, that doesn't give you the excuse to be mean, right? Where does God want to grow me? I guess another way I could ask you is, like, what are if, are there some things about you and your character that you don't want me to know about you? That you don't want someone sitting next to you to know about you? They already know it about you, by the way. They sit next to you. They already right. They feel that. Here, listen. Let me help you. Don't ignore that. Address it. Man, self awareness is one of the greatest. First steps to you actually addressing the things that need to be changed in your life. Just be self aware. Self aware, like, I, I know that I've got some faults and I know what they are, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna not share them all with you this morning. I'm not going to, but I'm gonna address them in my own life, right? I'm not gonna ignore them. So, how do I want others to describe me? Where does God wanna grow me? I want you to write down Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. It's a big list of what the Spirit of God does in somebody's life. And I want you to notice, that they call this the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, what the Spirit of God produces in a person that he gets a hold of. And what I want you to see is it's not just a, it's not a big list of a bunch of things that somebody does. When the Spirit of God gets a hold of somebody, he works in them who they're going to be. And he starts to change the character of who they are and this is what comes out watch in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and 23 tell me how you're doing today you ready the fruit of the spirit God got a hold of your life here's what's going to happen inside of you you're going to be more loving we just stop right there God help us amen the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness good I, can I just hang on these for a second loving we, we think a church, we, I was judging. They're just judging. No, God says, you don't just walk around thinking the church's job would be judging on everybody. No, your job would be loving on everybody. So the Spirit of God does. The very next one is joy. You, it, you better be fun. Some of you just need to smile more. You just need to, like, loosen up a little bit. Do you know what I'm saying? I'll be honest with you. I was on staff at a church. I'm not going to name the church, but I was on staff at a church. And I remember, young guy, like youth guy, and I remember going into the office and every time you went, you'd be down having fun with people and students and, like, and, and then you get over to the office and you go into the, and it was like, shh, shh. It's Like the fun stopped at the door in the office, right? And you had to walk in and it was just this big heavy thing and I went, if I ever get to pastor church Man, when you show it to our office, it's like music. It's gonna be fun. Like, do you, people are like, can I bring the kids? Bring all the kids. Just bring all the kids. We got candy in the office. Lots of candy in the office. Why? Because when the spirit of God gets a hold of somebody, this, there better be some joy. And if I want us to be a joyful church, I better have a joyful staff. You're not gonna be on our staff and be like an eeyore. Come on, give me some tiggers. Like, hey, could you do this? That's what tiggers do best, right? Like, I might, like. You know what I mean? Like. Hey, do you think maybe you could? Yes, absolutely. Why? Because that's what tickers do best, right? Just, up, oh, joy. I don't know. Maybe we could. Uh, that is not a fruit of the Spirit. How do you know that the Spirit of God is active in a church? Some of you think, ooh, they have really good worship moments. No, they fun. That's how you know the Spirit of God is alive in church. Come on, church, amen, right? So he says, Spirit of God, he's going to work this character inside you. You're going to be more loving this year. You can be more loving in this season. You can be more loving this week. Be more joyful this week. Just smile a little bit. Come on, you got it. peace. Some of you, you get around you that's not peaceful. It's like intense all the time. God's going, Spirit of God, right now, knocking on your heart. Going, I want to help you become more peaceful. Like people should just like, they don't have to walk on eggshells around you. I'm beating you up, I know right now, and I'm tearing you. I'm going to build you back up right at the end. I'll give you a little mm, at the end. But just let me talk to you, right? Don't make it feel like you have to walk on eggshells around you. Patience. Here's one of mine. I am like the least patient person in the world. I want it yesterday. It's just, I I struggle with that. But you know what the Spirit of God is working in me? Chris, be more patient. Be more patient with people. Kind. Are you kind? Just be kind. Do good. Can I help you out really quick, everybody? If, you, if you're reading through Galatians, you're going to put this on your mirror somewhere, right? Do good. Somebody's so, so stressed. What does God want me to do? Good. Come on, aren't you glad you came to church today? It's just so simple. You've been so stressed out. What am I supposed to do? Good. Just do good. If that's not good, don't do it anymore. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just do some good things. It's, it's so not complicated. <laughs> this is all who we are. I'm doing some, I'm, I'm a good person. Faithful. I could preach a whole message on just, man, just be faithful. You know what love is? Love is a commitment to be faithful to the one God's called you to be faithful to. That's Love. Oh, that's so not isn't it love a feeling? And isn't love a, a oh no, love is you. Come on, I hate to not make it sexy, but it just isn't. It is you committed, staying committed to the one. God has called you to stay committed. That's love. It's a commitment. And it's making sacrifices to the one that you hey, all that emotion and feeling, it follows later. And the problem with our world today is they've got a wrong definition of love. Love is an emotion. I fell out of love. No, you didn't. You failed to. See, it's a commitment. It's me just being faithful. Spirit of God is going to work some faithfulness inside of you. Come on, self-control, gentleness. He self, said, "Gentle, be gentle with people." You've been running at people and they got problems. We know they got problems because everyone got problems. You can help fix their problems. The way that you fix their problems is—you got chainsaw. Can we talk real quick? You got some stuff in your life that we don't like around here. We're going to deal with it today. That person—they have any sins—they're going to run from you. Why, do any, why doesn't anyone like to talk to me? How come I can't ever? I try to talk to them. No, you try to chop their arm off with your chainsaw. They don't want to talk to you. Stop being so harsh with people. Gentle. It means you show up with like, okay, so I got some sandpaper today, and we need to talk. Maybe we'll start at 400 grit. Some of you are like, give me that 80 grit. Let's just get the 60 out and go. It's just gentle. You see what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, people, now they they can receive from you. Why? Because you're not coming in with your chainsaw on your high horse. You're gentle, right? Self-control. What does that mean? Just means control yourself. It means you don't have to do what you feel like doing all the time. Why'd you do that? I felt like it. That was stupid, (laughs) right? (laughs) Don't do what you feel like doing. Control yourself. Do what's right to do, amen? And so the spirit of God, come on, He's looking to help you be. And guys, let's grow in who we are. Amen? And there's a whole lot at stake. And ask yourself, like, what's at stake? Like, if I'm not loving, what's at stake? If I'm not patient, what's at stake? If I'm not honest, what's at stake? If, I, if there's not purity in my life, what's at stake? If I'm not generous, what's at stake? There's a whole lot at stake. Church, if we're not loving, we actually ruin our witness. How's the world ever going to know that God is loving if we're not loving? God is a God of love, and then we're just jerks to everybody. It's like, that makes no sense. God is a God of forgiveness, but I'm not forgiving you. How are they going to know God's a God of forgiveness if I'm not being forgiving? So there's a lot at stake. Purity. Do you know that intimacy is built in purity? And if you ever want to experience true intimacy, you've got you to build some character in your life that is Pure. People who are generous, what's at stake if I'm not generous? i tell you what's at stake. Your stuff is going to own you instead of you owning your stuff. Generous people go, here, here. And God, it says, God grows the, the territory of the generous. Why? Because they're not holding on to all of it, Like, right? There's a lot at stake. And you just start thinking through what's at stake. We need to make this really, really serious shift in us. Someone say, shift your focus. The shift in us toward who we are becoming and not just what we are doing. Amen? Amen. So here's the last question I'm going to ask you as we go. What's your decision? You need to decide going into this week, going into the rest of your day, going into your tomorrow. You need to decide before you get there what you're going to do when you get there. Daniel purposed in his heart. He made a decision before he got to the moment. He purposed in his heart. I, I tell I tell young dating couples all the time, you need to decide how you're gonna end the date before you get to the end of the date. Yeah. Just good advice. Because if you're gonna tell me that you wanna make, you know, be pure and and but you don't make the decision before the date, then chances are you if you like, I'll just feel it out. That's stupid. Don't feel it out. Don't just be i no, I'm just gonna ha- I'm just gonna roll with it, we'll see at the moment, see what happens. No, no, because yeah, I'm not gonna, yeah. yep. Yep, yep, yep. Hey, if um, you just decide beforehand, decide beforehand, decide before you get the check, what you're going to do with the check, and people like, I don't know about Ty, well, I'm going to decide before I get the check that I'm still going to honor God with how he asked me to, and then, come on, you see what I'm saying? It's a, it's a character commitment. I'm going to decide before I get the invite what I'm going to do when I get the invite from that old group of friends, because if you don't make the decision beforehand, when they call, you're just like, sure, I'm not doing anything. But if you decide beforehand, nope, not walking down that road, because last time I walked down that road, it didn't end well. Come on, I'm going to make the decision beforehand. That's what Daniel did. He made the decision beforehand. Yep. So imagine if. Imagine if we allowed faith to be more about who we're becoming than what we're doing. Faith just to go, God, work in me. God, grow me. Come on, right? Amen? Yeah. God, help me. I want to be. And I'm going to start asking that question. Who are you calling me to be? And I really want you to think about it this week and and, and set for yourself some goals. Let's grow in who we're becoming in faith. Because you watch the church and the people who are becoming who God is calling them to be, watch out. They will change a land, they will see revival. Because they're becoming who God's called them to be. So what do we need to do it? You need a whole lot of truth. And I spent a whole lot of time giving you a whole lot of truth. And you need the truth. The truth is what you're aiming at. The truth is what you're running for. The truth is what, this is what you, okay, here we go. And you got the marker. You need a whole lot of truth. Do you know what else you need? You need a whole lot of grace. Because can I tell you something? You're probably not going to nail it Tomorrow. You're probably not going to crush the game this week, amen? Like you're probably just not going to. So now you clap. There you are. Yeah. You're probably not. Does that mean you then go, forget it. Forget running after the truth. Forget running after development in my life because I can't. No, 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 no. You fall into this thing called grace so that you can then. Here's what, here's what grace enables you to do, to run after truth. You don't get it. Like, God gives us grace not so that we can sit in grace and go, it's all about grace. Man, Pastor Chris's message this morning didn't have a lot of grace in it. God doesn't give you grace so you just sit around in grace. God gives you grace so you could run after truth. God gives you grace so you could, you could grow more in character. God gives you grace so you can go at it again. I use the illustration all the time and I use it again because it's a great illustration. Trapeze artists would not... If there wasn't a thing called grace, we wouldn't have trapeze artists. So, like, you can all day long watch them Google. Let's all become trapeze artists, right? It sounds like fun. We're gonna watch them. We're gonna, we're gonna. YouTube some videos on little how-to, how to be a trapeze artist. And we're gonna study the moves, when you jump, when you let go, how many flips, then you grab. You can memorize, we're gonna memorize the truth of how we're supposed to do it together. But can I just tell you, the first time you try to do what it is you know you're supposed to do as a trapeze artist, you're probably not gonna nail it. You're probably not, you're not gonna crush it. So you're gonna go up, you're gonna do your thing, and you go, you flip, and you're gonna mess up maybe. And you're gonna go, oh. You're gonna keep falling. And it's like you're, and you're freaking out. Oh and then all of a sudden you go. And that's not you hitting the ground. That's you being caught by this net called grace. And you can sit there in the net and go, I've never tried that again. Some of you can sit in the net and be like, This net's so nice. I just love the net. He's like rolling around the net. You're like, this was all about, this is how some Christians live their life. It's like, it's all about grace. It's all about, no, God's like, like, that's way cooler than sitting down here in this net. You could do that. But let's go at this again. Let's, ain't, let's Let's keep trying. Let's keep pressing. Let's keep letting God develop us. Let's God grow us. Let's climb back up the ladder. Let's go at it again. Hey, I am going to become more patient. I am going to become more patient. Why? Because the Spirit of God keeps catching me by grace and I keep aiming at that again. Listen, you are going to be different. Why? Because the Spirit of God is at work in you every single day, giving you a whole lot of truth and a whole lot of grace in Jesus' name. Come on, amen. Amen, church. Come on, let's live lives that don't just go do a bunch of stuff, but become who God is calling us to be in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church.